Book Nine, Part One of Pharsalia, Dramatic Episodes of the Civil Wars. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Elsie Selwyn. Pharsalia by Lucan. Translated by J. D. Duff. Book Nine, Cato. Part One. Yet in those ashes on the Farian shore, in that small heap of dust, was not confined. So great a shade, but from the limbs half burnt, and narrow cell sprang forth, and sought the sky where dwells the thunderer, black the space of air, upreaching to the poles that bear on high, the constellations in their nightly round, there twixt the orbit of the moon and earth, abide those lofty spirits half divine, who by their blameless lives and fire of soul are fit to tolerate the pure expanse that bounds the lower ether, there shall dwell, where nor the monument encased in gold, nor richest incense shall suffice to bring the buried dead in union with the spheres, Pompeius's spirit, when with heavenly light his soul was filled first on the wandering stars, and fixed orbs he bent his wandering gaze, then saw what darkness veils our earthly day, and scorned the insults heaped upon his course. There o'er Amathian plains he winged his flight, and ruthless Caesar's standards and the fleet, tossed on the deep in Brutus's blameless breast, tarried a while and roused his angered soul to reap the vengeance, last possessed the mind of haughty Cato. He, while yet the scales were poised and balanced, nor the war had given the world its master, hating both the chiefs, had followed Magnus for the Senate's cause, and for his country, since Pharsalia's field, ran red with carnage, now was all his heart bound to Pompeius, Rome in him received her guardian, a people's trembling limbs. He cherished, with new hope and weapons gave, back to the craven hands that cast them forth, nor yet for empire did he wage the war, nor fearing slavery, nor in arms achieved aught for himself, freedom since Magnus fell. The aim of all his host, and lest the foe in rapid course triumphant should collect, his scattered bands he sought Corsaira's gulfs, concealed and thence in ships unnumbered bore the fragments of the ruin wrought in Thrace who in such mighty armament had thought a routed army sailed upon the main thronging the sea with keels round malaya's cape and tynarus open to the shades below and fair cythera's isle the advancing fleet sweeps o'er the yielding wave by northern breeze borne past the cretan shores but ficus dared refuse her harbour and the avenging hand left her in ruins thus with gentle airs they glide along the main and reach the shore from palinurus named for not alone on seas italian pilot of the deep hast thou thy monument and libya too claims that her water pleased thy soul of yore then in the distance on the main arose the shining canvas of a stranger fleet or friend or foe they knew not yet they dread in every keel the presence of that chief their fear-compelling conqueror but in truth that navy tears and sorrow bore and woes to make even cato weep for when in vain cornelia prayed her stepson and the crew to stay their flight lest haply from the shore 
back to the sea might float the headless corpse and when the flame arising marked the place of that unhallowed rite fortune didst thou judge me unfit she cried to light the pyre to cast myself upon the hero dead the lock to sever and compose the limbs tossed by the cruel billows of the deep and to shed a flood of tears upon his wounds and from the flickering flame to bear away and place within the temples of the gods all that i could his dust that pyre bestows no honor haply by some fairy in hand piled up in insult to his mighty shade happy the cross thy lying on the waste unburied to the greater shame of heaven pompeius has such funeral and shall this for ever be my lot her husband slain cornelia ne'er to enclose within the tomb nor shed the tear beside the urn that holds the ashes of the loved yet for my grief what boots or monument or ordered pomp dost thou not impious upon thy heart pompeius's image and upon thy soul bear ineffaceable dust closed in urns is for the wife who would survive her lord not such as thee cornelia and yet yon scanty light that glimmers from afar upon the ferian shore somewhat of thee recalls pompeius now the flame sinks down and smoke drifts up across the eastern sky bearing thine ashes and the rising wind sighs hateful in the sail to me no more dearer than this whatever land may yield pompeius's victory nor the frequent car that carried him in triumph to the hill gone is that happy husband from my thoughts here did i lose the hero whom i knew here let me stay as presence shall endear the sands of nile where fell the fatal blow thou sextus brave the chances of the war and bear pompeius's standard through the world for thus thy father spake within mine ear when sounds my fatal hour let both my sons urge on the war nor let some caesar find room for an empire while shall live on earth still one in whom pompeius's blood shall run this your appointed task all cities strong and freedom of their own all kingdoms urge to join the combat for pompeius calls nor shall a chieftain of that famous name ride on the seas and fail to find a fleet urged by his sire's unconquerable will and mindful of his rights mine heir shall rouse all nations to the conflict one alone should he contend for freedom may ye serve cato none else thus have i kept the faith thy plot prevailed upon me and i lived thy mandate to discharge now through the void of space and shades of hell if such there be i follow yet how distant be my doom i know not first my spirit must endure the punishment of life which saw thine end and could survive it sigh shall break my heart tears shall dissolve it sword nor noose i need nor headlong plunge twere shameful since thy death were aught but grief required to cause my own she seeks the cabin veiled in funeral garb and tears to find her solace and to love grief in her husband's room no prayers were hers for life as were the sailors nor their shout roused by the height of peril moved her soul nor angered waves but sorrowing there she lay resigned to death and welcoming the storm first reached they cyprus on the foamy brine then as the eastern breeze more gently held the favoring deep they touched the libyan shore where stood the camp of cato sad as one who deep in fear presages ills to come 
Glaius beheld his brother and his band of patriot comrades. Swift into the wave he leaps and cries, Where, brother, is our sire? Still stands our country mistress of the world, or are we fallen, Rome, with Magnus's death, wrapped to the shades? Thus he, but Sextus, said, O oh, happy thou who by report alone hearest of the deed that chanced on yonder shore. These eyes that saw my brother share the guilt. Not Caesar wrought the murder of our sire, not any captain worthy in the fray. He fell beneath the orders of a king, shameful and base, while trusting to the gods who shield the guest, a king who in that land by his concession ruled, this the reward for favors erst bestowed. Within my sight pierced through with wounds our noble father fell. Yet deem me not the petty prince of Nile, so fell a deed would dare to Egypt's strand. I thought great Caesar come, but worse than all, worse than the wounds which gaped upon his frame, struck me with horror to the inmost heart, our murdered father's head, shorn from the trunk, and borne aloft on javelin. This sight, as rumor said, the cruel victor asked, to feast his eyes and prove the bloody deed. For whether ravenous birds and ferian dogs have torn his corpse asunder, or a fire consumed it which with stealthy flame arose upon the shore, I know not. For the part devoured by destiny I only blame the gods. I weep the part preserved by men. Thus Sextus spake, and Gnaeus, at the words, flamed into fury for his father's shame. Sailors, launch forth our navies by your oars, forced through the deep though wind and sea oppose. Captains, lead on, for civil strife ne'er gave so great a prize to lay in earth the limbs of Magnus and avenge him with the blood of that unmanly tyrant. Shall I spare great Alexander's fort, nor sack the shrine, and plunge his body in the tideless marsh, nor drag Amysus from the pyramids, and all their ancient kings to swim the Nile? Torn from his tomb, that god of all mankind, Isis, unburied, shall avenge thy shade, and veiled Osiris shall I hurl abroad in mutilated fragments, and the form of sacred apis and with these their gods shall light a furnace that shall burn the head they held in insult thus their land shall pay the fullest penalty for the shameful deed no husbandman shall live to till the fields nor reap the benefit of brimming nile thou only father gods and men alike fallen and perished shalt possess the land such were the words he spake and soon the fleet had dared the angry deep but Cato's voice, while praising, calmed the youthful chieftain's rage. Meanwhile, when Magnus's fate was known, the air sounded with lamentations which the shore re-echoed. Never through the ages past by history recorded was it known that thus a people mourned their ruler's death. Yet more, when worn with tears, her pallid cheek veiled by her loosened tresses, from the ship Cornelia came, they wept and beat the breast. The friendly land once gained, her husband's garb, his arms and spoils, embroidered deep in gold. Thrice worn of old upon the sacred hill, she placed upon the flame. Such were for her the ashes of her spouse, and such the love which glowed in every heart, that soon the shore blazed with his obsequies. Thus at winter tide, by frequent fires, the Apulian herdsman seeks to render to the fields their verdant growth till blaze garganus's uplands and the meads of volter and the pasture of the herds by warm matinium yet pompeius's shade not else so gratified not all the blame the people dared to heap upon the gods 
for him their hero slain as these few words from cato's noble breast instinct with truth gone as a citizen who though no peer of those who disciplined the state of yore and do submission to the bonds of right yet in this age irreverent of law has played a noble part great was his power but freedom safe when all the plebes were prone to be his slaves he chose the private gown so that the senate ruled the roman state the senate's ruler not by right of arms he e'er demanded willing took he gifts yet from a willing giver wealth was his vast yet the coffers of the state he filled beyond his own he seized upon the sword knew when to sheathe it war did he prefer to arts of peace yet armed loved peace the more pleased took his power pleased he laid it down chaste was his home and simple by his wealth untarnished mid the peoples great his name and venerated to his native rome he wrought much good true faith and liberty long since with marius and sulla fled now when pompeius has been reft away its counterfeit has perished now unshamed shall seize the despot on imperial power unshamed shall cringe the senate happy he who with disaster found his latest breath and met the pharian sword prepared to slay life might have been his lot in despot rule prone at his kingsman's throne best gift of all the knowledge how to die next death compelled if cruel fortune doth reserve for me an alien conqueror may juba be as ptolemaeus so he take my head my body grace his triumph if he will more than had rome resounded with his praise words such as these gave honour to the shade of that most noble dead meanwhile the crowd weary of warfare since pompeius's fall broke into discord as their ancient chief sicilian called them to desert the camp but cato hailed them from the furthest beach untamed sicilian is thy course now set for ocean theft again pompeius gone once more a pirate thus he spake and gazed at all the stirring throng but one whose mind was fixed on flight thus answered pardon chief twas love of magnus not of civil war that led us to fight his side was ours with him whom all the world preferred to peace our causes perished let us seek our homes long since unseen our children and our wives if nor the root nor dread pharsalia's field nor yet pompeius's death shall close the war whence comes the end the vigour of a life for us is vanished in our failing years give us at least some pious hand to speed the parting soul and light the funeral pyre scarce even to its captain civil strife concedes due burial nor in our debt does fortune threaten us with the savage yoke of distant nations in the garb of rome and with her rights i leave thee who had been second to magnus living he shall be my first hereafter to that sacred shade be the prime honour chance of war appoints my lord but not my leader thee alone i followed magnus after thee the fates nor hope we now for victory nor wish for all our thracian army is fled in caesar's victory whose potent star of fortune rules the world and none but he has power to keep or save that civil war which while pompeius lived was loyalty is impious now if in the public right thou patriot cato findest thy guide we seek the standards of the consul thus he spake and with him leaped into the ship a throng of eager comrades then was rome undone for all the shore was stirring with a crowd athirst for slavery but burst these words from cato's blameless breast 
Then with like vows as Caesar's rival, host ye too did seek a lord and master, not for Rome the fight, but for Pompeius, for that now no more ye fight for tyranny, but for yourselves, not for some despot chief ye live and die, since now tis safe to conquer, and no lord shall rob you victors of a world subdued. Ye flee the war, and on your abject necks feel for the absent yoke, nor can endure without a despot. Yet to men the prize were worth the danger. Magnus might have used to evil ends your blood. Refuse ye now, with liberty so near your country's call? Now lives one tyrant, only of the three. Thus far in favor of the laws have wrought the Farian weapons and the Parthian bow. Now you, degenerate, be gone and spurn this gift of Ptolemaeus. Who would think your hands were stained with blood? The foe will deem that you upon that dread Thessalian day first turned your backs. Then flee in safety, flee! But neither battle nor blockade subdued, Caesar shall give you life. O slaves most base, your former master slain, ye seek his heir. Why doth it please you not yet more to earn than life and pardon? Bear across the sea Metellus's daughter, Magnus's weeping spouse, and both his sons. Outstrip the Farian gift, nor spare this head, which laid before the feet of that detested tyrant shall deserve a full reward. Thus, cowards, shall ye learn, and that ye followed me how great your gain. Quick to your task, and purchase thus with blood your claim on Caesar. Dastardly is flight, which crime commends not. Cato thus recalled the parting vessels. So, when bees in swarm desert their waxen cells, forget the hive ceasing to cling together, and with wings untrammeled seek the air, nor slothful light on thyme to taste its bitterness. Then rings the Phrygian gong, at once they pause aloft, astonished, and with love of toil resumed through all the flowers of their honey store and ceaseless wandering search. The shepherd joys, sure that the high blion mead for him has kept his cottage store the riches of his home now in the act of conduct of the war were brought to discipline their minds untaught to bear repose first on the sandy shore toiling they learned fatigue then swarmed thy walls cyrene prizeless for to cato's mind twas prize enough to conquer juba next he bids attack though nature on the path has placed the Syrtes, which his sturdy heart aspired to conquer, either at first when nature gave the universe its form. She left this region neither land nor sea, not wholly shrunk, so that it should receive the ocean flood, nor firm enough to stand against its buffets. All the pathless coast lies in uncertain shape, the land by earth is parted from the deep. On sandy banks the seas are broken, and from shoal to shoal the waves advance to sound upon the shore nature in spite thus left her work undone unfashioned to men's use or else of old a foaming ocean filled the wide expanse but titan feeding from the briny depths his burning fires near to the zone of heat reduced the waters and the sea still fights with phoebus's beams which in the length of time drank deeper of its fountains when the main struck by the oars gave passage to the fleet black from the sky rushed down a southern gale upon his realm and from the watery plain drave back the invading ships and from the shoals compelled the billows and in middle sea raised up a bank 
forth flew the bellying sails beyond the prows despite the ropes that dared resist the tempest fury and for those who prescient housed their canvas to the storm bare-masted they were driven from their course best was their lot who gained the open waves of ocean others lightened of their masts shook off the tempest but a sweeping tide hurried them southwards victor of the gale some freed of shallows on a bank were forced which broke the deep their ship in part was fast part hanging on the sea their fates in doubt fierce raged the waves till hems them in the land nor oster's force in frequent buffets spent prevails upon the shore high from the main by seas and violet one bank of sand far from the coast arose there watched in vain the storm-tossed mariners their keel aground no shore descrying thus in sea were lost some portion but the major part by helm and rudder guided and by pilot's hands who knew the devious channel safe at length floated the marsh of triton loved as saith the fable by that god whose sounding shall all seas and shores re-echo and by her palace who springing from her father's head first lit on libya nearest land to heaven as by its heat is proved here on the brink she stood reflected in the placid wave and called herself tritinus lethe's flood flows silent near and fable from a source infernal sprung oblivion in his stream here too that garden of the hesperids where once the sleepless dragon held his watch shorn of its leafy wealth shame be on him who calls upon the poet for the proof of that which in the ancient days befell but here were golden groves by yellow growth weighed down in richness here a maiden band were guardians and a serpent on whose eyes sleep never fell was coiled around the trees whose branches bowed beneath their ruddy load but great alcides stripped the bending boughs and bore their shining apples thus his task accomplished to the court of argos's king driven on the libyan realms more fruitful here pompeius stayed the fleet nor further dared in garamantian waves but cato's soul leaped in his breast impatient of delay to pass the syrtes by a landward march and trusting to their swords gainst tribes unknown to lead his legions and the storm which closed the main to navies gave them hope of rain nor biting frosts they feared in libyan clime nor suns too scorching in the falling year thus ere they trod the deserts cato spake ye men of rome who through mine arms alone can find the death ye covet and shall find with pride unbroken should the fates command meet this your weighty task your high emprise with hearts resolved to conquer for we march on sterile wastes burnt regions of the world scarce are the wells and titan from the height burns pitiless unclouded and the slime of poisonous serpents fouls the dusty earth yet shall men venture for the love of laws and country perishing upon the sands of trackless libya men who in brave soul rely not on the end in an attempt will risk their all tis not in cato's thoughts on this our enterprise to lead a band blind to the truth unwitting of the risk nay give me comrades for the danger's sake whom i shall see for honour and for rome bear up against the worst but whose needs a pledge of safety to whom life is sweet let him by fairer journey seek his lord first beat my foot upon the sand on me first strike the burning sun across my path the serpent void his venom by my fate know ye your perils let him only thirst who sees me at the spring 
who sees me seek the shade alone sink fainting in the heat or whoso sees me ride before the ranks plodding their weary march such be the lot of each who toiling finds in me a chief and not a comrade snakes thirst burning sand the brave man welcomes and the patient breast finds happiness in labor by its cost courage is sweeter in this libyan land such cloud of ills can furnish as might make men flee unshamed twas thus that cato spake kindling the torch of valor and the love of toil then reckless of his fate he strode the desert path from which was no return and libya ruled his destinies to shut his sacred name within a narrow tomb one third of all the world if fame we trust is libya yet by winds and skies she yields some part to europe for the shores of nile no more than scythian tanias are remote from furthest gades where with bending coast yielding a place to ocean europe parts from Afric's shores yet falls the larger world to asia only from the former too issues the western wind but asia's right touches the southern limits and her left the northern tempests home and of the east she's mistress to the rising of the sun all that is fertile of the afric lands lies to the west but even here abound no wells of water though the northern wind infrequent leaving us with skies serene falls there in showers not gold nor wealth of brass it yields the seeker pure and unalloyed down to its lowest depths is libyan soil yet citron forests to morusian tribes were riches had they known but they content live neath the shady foliage till gleamed the axe of rome amid the virgin grove to bring from furthest limits of the world our banquet tables and the fruit they bear but sun's excessive and scorching air burn all the glebe beside the shifting sands there die the harvests on the crumbling mould no root finds sustenance nor kindly jove makes rich the furrow nor matures the vine sleep binds all nature and the track of sand lies ever fruitless save that by the shore the hardy nasamun plucks a scanty grass unclothed their race and living on the woes worked by the cruel certes on mankind for spoilers are they of the luckless ships cast on the shoals and with the world by wrecks their only commerce here at cato's word his soldiers passed in fancy from the winds that sweep the sea secure here on them fell smiting with greater strength upon the shore than on the ocean oster's tempest force and yet more fraught with mischief for no crags repelled his strength nor lofty mountains tamed his furious onset nor in sturdy woods he found a bar but free from raining hand raged at his will o'er the defenceless earth nor did he mingle dust and clouds of rain and whirling circles but the earth was swept and hung in air suspended till amazed the nasamans saw his scanty field and home reft by the tempest and the native huts from roof to base were hurried on the blast not higher when some all-devouring flame has seized upon its prey and volumes dense rolls up the smoke and darkens all the air then with fresh might he fell upon the host of marching romans snatching from their feet the sand they trod had oster been enclosed in some vast cavernous vault with solid walls and mighty barriers he had moved the world upon its ancient base and made the lands to tremble but the facile libyan soil by not resisting stood and blasts that whirled the surface upwards left the depths unmoved 
helmet and shield and spear were torn away by his most violent breath and borne aloft through all the regions of the boundless sky perchance a wonder in some distant land where men may fear the weapons from the heaven their falling as the armor of the gods nor deem them ravished from a soldier's arm twas thus on numa by the sacred fire those shields descended which our chosen priests bear on their shoulders from some warlike race by tempest wrapped to be the prize of rome fearing the storm prone fell the host to earth winding their garments tight and with clenched hands gripping the earth for not their weight alone withstood the tempest which upon their frames piled mighty heaps and their recumbent limbs buried in sand at length they struggling rose back to their feet when lo around them stood forth by the storm a growing bank of earth which held them motionless and from afar where walls lay prostrate mighty stones were hurled thus piling ills on ills in wondrous form no dwellings had they seen yet at their feet beheld the ruins all the earth was hid in vast envelopment nor found they guide save from the stars which as in middle deep flamed o'er them wandering yet some were hid beneath the circle of the libyan earth which tending downwards hid the northern sky when warmth dispersed the tempest-driven air and rose upon the earth the flaming day bathed were their limbs in sweat but parched and dry their gaping lips when to a scanty spring far off beheld they came whose meagre drops all gathered in the hollow of a helm they offered to their chief caked were their throats with dust and panting and one little drop had made him envied wretch and dost thou deem me wanting in a brave man's heart he cried me only in this throng and have i seemed tender unfit to bear the morning heat he who would quench his thirst mid such a host doth most deserve its pangs then in his wrath dashed down the helmet and the scanty spring thus by their leader spurned sufficed for all now had they reached that temple which possessed soul in all libya the untutored tribes of garamantians here holds his seat so saith the story a prophetic jove wielding no thunderbolts nor like to ours the libyan hemen of the curved horn no wealth adorns his fane by afric tribes bestowed nor glittering hoard of eastern gems though rich arabians end in ethiope know him alone as jove still is he poor holding his shrine by riches undefiled through time and god as of the olden days spurns all the wealth of rome that here some god dwells witnesses the only grove that buds in libya for that which grows upon the arid dust which leptis parts from bernice knows no leaves alone hammon uprears a wood a fount the cause which with its water binds the crumbling soil yet shall the sun when poised upon the height strike through the foliage hardly can the tree protect its trunk and to a little space his rays draw in the circle of the shade here have men found the spot where that high band celestial divides in middle sky the zodiac stars not here oblique their course nor scorpion rises straighter than the bull nor to the scales does ram give back his hours nor does astraea bid the fishes sink more slowly down but watery capricorn is equal with the crab and with the twins the archer neither does the lion rise above aquarius but the race that dwells beyond the fervor of the libyan fires sees to the south that shadow which with us falls to the north slow cynosher sinks for them below the deep and dry with us the wagon plunges far from either pole no star they know that does not seek the main but all the constellations in their course whirl to their vision through the middle sky 
Before the doors the eastern peoples stood, seeking from horn to jove to know their fates. Yet to the Roman chief they yielded place, whose comrades prayed him to entreat the gods, famed through the Libyan world and judged the voice, renowned from distant ages. First of these was Labienus. Chance, he said, to us the voice and counsel of this mighty god has offered as we march from such a guide to know the issues of the war and learn to track the certes for to whom on earth if not to blameless cato shall the gods entrust their secrets faithful thou at least their follower through all thy life hast been now hast thou liberty to speak with jove ask impious caesar's fates and learn the laws that wait our country in the future days whether the people shall be free to use their rights and customs or the civil war for us is wasted to thy sacred breast lover of virtue take the voice divine demand what virtue is and guide thy steps by heaven's high counsellor but cato full of godlike thoughts born in his quiet breast this answer uttered worthy of the shrines what labienus dost thou bid me ask whether in arms and freedom i should wish to perish rather than endure a king is longest life worth aught and doth its term make difference can violence to the good do injury do fortune's threats avail outweighed by virtue doth it not suffice to aim at deeds of bravery can fame grow by achievement nay no hammond's voice shall teach us this more surely than we know bound are we to the gods no voice we need they live in all our acts although the shrine be silent at our birth and once for all what may be known the author of our being revealed nor chose these thirsty sands to chaunt to few his truth whelmed in the dusty waste god has his dwelling in all things that be in earth and air and sea and starry vault and virtuous deeds and all that thou canst see and all thy thoughts contained why further then seek we our deities let those who doubt and haltingly tremble for their coming fates go ask the oracles no mystic words make sure my heart but surely coming death coward alike and brave we all must die thus hath jove spoken seek to know no more thus cato spake and faithful to his creed he parted from the temple of the god and left the oracle of hammon dumb End of Book 9, Part 1